Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started ajay is the ceo at happy locate he has invested 15 years as a hr professional recorded benchmarks in hiring authored a book and is now transforming the way the world relocates by organizing relocation ecosystem through happylocate.com in the interview ajay opens up and shares how he had to unlearn his shrewdness which he inherited growing up in delhi he also shared a couple of examples of how he turned problems and crises into opportunities and created miraculous results which is a powerful lesson for any entrepreneur who is listening hi ajay and welcome to the choosing leadership podcast so hi It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a bit about yourself and what do you do? Thanks so much for having me here. So it's likewise is the feeling. Quickly about me, yeah, let me quickly give you a, a short introduction. Before starting my own, I had spent good 13 and a half years in HR. I have worked with companies like Nokia and Vodafone in my earlier tenure. And in my last tenure, I was managing Pan India recruitments for Nokia. and then i decided to get into entrepreneurship something that i wanted to pursue since quite some time and there was a calling probably and hence now i am the co-founder and ceo of happylocate.com which is a profitable startup running since 7 years we are already three times funded and we are working with a lot of in fact more than 51 plus marquee brands across india right wonderful thank you for sharing that and yeah so why entrepreneurship right you said that you have that i would say distinguished career in a very well established role very well established company so can you take us back to your life and connect the dots like where was that dream or that desire uh, to do something on your own company to be candid i feel ambitious as a trait is something that takes you places and that makes you do things which is not planned so so that trait is something that keeps you going in life i would say rather you know entrepreneurship as a as an attitude is something that i had it from day one when i started my job 
and hence from very day one when i was working i've taken accountabilities i've worked with the autonomy that's the mindset and only beyond the time i thought it's time to create more significant value create more dollars uh, for ourselves and for the rest of the world and hence i thought there's much more to do beyond an hr ex- existing hr career and that is something that got me into so i'll probably say pre existing thing which came out in this way to a happy locale but personally if you ask me i think throughout i come from a very middle class average family money is something that i think over a period of time it makes you feel that you no know, you can you have to let go a lot of things if you do not have money and it makes you understand the realize the importance of it that is something which drives you to probably win over this thing called money and hence you become ambitious and hence you explore options and hence you become an entrepreneur and hence you don't leave any other option than to be successful that's how the journey goes so far thank you for sharing that i can relate to that because that reflects so much of my own journey like growing up in a middle class background then becoming successful becoming an entrepreneur but i want to ask you something right because this experience or this journey can also yeah. like it can certainly give you drive but it can also be very difficult on the inside right to always wanting to prove ourselves or to reach the next milestone and especially when you had a well established career to take a risk and which could be which very well is a monetary risk as well and you spoke about creating value so how have your relationship with money evolved and how was that this risk that jump from leaving a well established i would say like even a monetary package to doing something which is uncertain and i'm sure sure that that's brilliant i think here is the time to speak my heart out in fact if you understand i think what is more scary is to understand that there are hardly few more years left out for you to leave the world and you've not done enough to your satisfaction that's more scary is what i feel and that is what has happened to us and, and like i was just hearing ashneer grower from bharat pay saying this is that your salary on that first is the biggest drug that you can get <laughs> so i relate to it very much and and while that happens i think beyond the time as i said what something that you want to come out of is that stagnance in your career and i think when that gets overruled is then you start finding comfort in the pain that you go through mm-hmm. and i always make that statement pain brings closer you closer to reality and hence you want to get to more real just to share while you know during my corporate career i was known to be extremely diplomatic extremely good in emails my bosses used to come to me and ask me to write emails on larger escalation that used to happen so i was trained in a few years i come from delhi by the way i've done my graduation in from delhi university and i've worked for good 14 years i so delhi made me i would say shrewd largely and yeah uh, sorry to use that word but yeah it did make me that and i only started healing when i came out of it is <laughs> what to say then hence i think beyond a period of time you do not want to be diplomatic is what i sensed and that was the calling in 2014 when i just thought enough of it i need to speak what i want to speak and enough of that rosy language and that good language you can't be that anymore it's just that you get sick of it at, at a point of time it comes naturally 
and it happens in both your personal and professional side because when you are what you are in professional side is how you become on the personal side and you imagine that buddy you know you are not even true to one but you just making sure that everybody is happy with the language that you speak now that is where i think it was just done and i thought of expressing myself as to what i feel good bad ugly and i started becoming more candid and i wrote a book though then in 2014 took a year which also for a month in bangalore was one of the best sellers in sapna book houses or the malls out here but largely it was more about expressing every side of the life that i've been through i would not say my personal autobiography but largely the side of it that you go through starting from your marriage starting from your personal life the people that you meet who mean what ultimately the kind of people that you meet in corporates you know what is the side what do they say what do they mean and i think that expression in that book was little too much was little bold i would say so much so that i think a lot of my own people did not like the content but it's okay but that gave me a boost and i thought let's start doing mm-hmm. what you like there's a different level of confidence that you get into once you express it and then you don't have anybody else to fear from yeah. what they feel about you hence i think that's all if you can relate to it that's how i decided that i think now i've given 13 and 1/2 years to my family to everyone around me doing a job for a lot of people who wanted to see me at a decent level i've taken promotions every 8 to 9 months i've grown aggressively because i told you i work like an entrepreneur there's no day and night i don't have a personal life of my own it's only professional life that i have is what i feel and that is my personal life so extremely workaholic i enjoy working i think i'm born to build something is what i feel and i'm sure i'm not the only one who thinks so but definitely i am the one who thinks so i don't have a personal life i say it again and zero regrets on that side but it's that's how it's going and quite hopeful of something significant that's how the yeah. journey is thank you for sharing that i think many of the listeners of this podcast are high performers or entrepreneurs so i'm sure they can relate to that and i do come from delhi myself so i can totally relate to that, that <laughs> yeah, yeah that street smartness right that shrewdness yes. that you mentioned and i can see uh, that it's mostly an ego trip right now post the fact yes. but that time right you you project like you are the strongest person in the world you have the answer to everything and then you can fix anything and the world might think that you are stupid but then you always have your next response ready and yeah, uh, yeah. and for me Maybe also like, very smart in fact you know, if there is any company in bangalore or anywhere because i am in bangalore yeah. if they have to hire people in sales they would look for somebody from north a- anybody for that matter and yeah. we to these guys are known to be street smart they'll find out one or the other way to get things done so that's in a way it's, it's good for business is yeah I yeah, think. so it certainly had its advantages, but as a circuit, it can also be very demanding on the inside, and it's a very different kind of confidence that you mentioned, right? Once you share it all, once you become open with it, you don't have to fake it, or you don't have to. It's okay to say that I don't know. It's okay to say that I'm new. It's okay Absolutely. to say that I'll figure out or I need help uh, without it uh, hurting your ego or who you think you are, right? Yeah. So thank you for for adding that. But let me ask you this, right now, coming to the present. with that awareness and with that growth can you share a bit about what is it that you want to like create value what is it that you want to contribute which is directly related to what you're doing now so one again it goes with the trait you know when you see a problem you feel like solving it it starts with your home 
When you see something not arranged, you feel like arranging it. And that gets into business. Now, so that is one trait that also helped me identify. So what I've relocated multiple times in my career. In fact, seven times to be very specific. And as an HR, I've also managed thousands of employee relocations. Now, I got to see what I was around. And I saw that relocation was one problem which was there. And I found the beauty in the problem from a business perspective is that this is one problem which is not just impacting the employees who are relocating from a damage, delay and other experiences that they go through, but also with enterprises who are largely like managing employee relocations manually. So 15 lakh enterprises in India do not even have a single tool to manage employee relocations. They still do mail trails. There are cooked up claims that which acts like a cost leakage for a company. It's all manual. And there are policy breaches. There are inefficiencies just because it's manual. And this is where I sensed an opportunity. I thought it's a beautiful problem to solve. If you are able to solve it, there are many multiple beneficiaries of it. And you are, hence I jumped into and through happylocate.com, which is what I founded. What we do, we help corporates to automate and manage end-to-end employee relocations. So it has your policy reinforcements. It has your inbuilt approval flow. Even if there are in a layman language, even if there are 1,000 employees relocating on a single day, all it takes is half a minute for any HR to just upload the list of these employees and get everything managed on its own by Happy Locate, ensuring that employees are able to book packing, moving services, house source services, all relocation-related services on a single platform and within their eligibility and company policy. So it makes the life very simple. It helps corporates save 18 to 24% costs. It ensures 100% policy compliance. And hence, it is a beautiful solution that we are building. A lot of large brands, including Coca-Cola, Britannia, Titan, Spar, Adani, Diageo, have adopted our solution. And we are in the process of having a few more. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's indeed a privilege to come from that background where you have experienced a pain point. And now you're trying to solve that, right? But at the same time, I don't think we can have this podcast without talking about COVID and all relocations or travel stop. So how was that experience for you? What did you learn and where are you today? So I I feel COVID made everybody think. So it did to us. And beautifully, I call all the challenging experiences beautiful because they have helped us come out with something amazing. What we did, we came out with the asset deliveries. COVID may, everything was like shut. And employee relocations were not happening. Companies had started working from home. So we came up with a new vertical. It helped us evolve into a new vertical called asset vertical. Now we knew that all the companies are delivering their employee assets to these employees, largely your laptops, you're joining doc Mm. kits. And they're also getting it picked up from employees who are exiting. So we jumped into this vertical without changing relocation as a subject. And we utilize our same partner network to service across country. So in asset, I think today it contributes to 15% of my total revenues consistently, even now. And that actually made us, and that came with a beautiful margin, because it gave us 33% margin and a very large business because almost every corporate was into asset deliveries. What additionally we did is, no, we came out with a tool because we are a technology company. Ultimately, we created dashboards. We came up with a tool making the life simpler and they can do it all on a digital platform. 
they can track, they can see in transit status. All of it happened and then it beautifully got picked up. And during COVID is where we picked up our second fund, rather. And we used to get the same question that you asked me, how will you manage it during COVID? And I think this is the response that we gave. And we also told them that, hey, the moment COVID is over, then there is a all pent up demand is going to come up mm -hmm. and we're going to get benefited out of it. It happened. But even during COVID, we were growing 30% quarter on quarter. And now I think it, it has become a consistent revenue. Uh, and even if there's any such scenario that comes in future, I think we have a strong mm -hmm. business. Model. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a wonderful lesson for any entrepreneur to look for opportunity, sure. even in crisis. But I want to go back to that moment of crisis, right? Because this was a sudden thing which happened almost for everybody. And especially for somebody who is running a business, which is very heavily dependent on movements of people. Yes. Uh, how was that initial period, right? What Did that create a lot of challenges, pressure, stress? And how did you come up with the new idea or with the new pivot? I think it's very simple. The challenge, probably startup is all about a new challenge every day. It is actually, it's not just to say it is actually. Find something or the other happens every day. You're not so many people, processes are not very stable. You will have one challenge coming every day and you'll have to find a solution. So you get used to it. So I would say it was never a shock for us. Definitely a very different kind of challenge. But what made us happier is that I'm not the only one. The whole world is sailing through. And other is an opportunity for us to be the fittest to survive. So if we are really so confident about we being the best in that space, here is the chance to prove it. That kept rather more motivating. So initially, I think we went very planned. The moment we got to understand it was a quick, this thing, I still remember early May, early March is where the government announced that this is how the lockdown is going to be expected. And we acted very clearly. We came out with work from home policy immediately in 24 hours time. We ensured that all our employees understand. We were a small team though then, but still I think we went very process specific. There were login hours uh, defined. Then we came out with a morning and evening meeting, which was defined. So that we keep a track of what's happening on a day-to-day. -day. That's how we made sure that everybody's on a video call. We never allowed those audio calls happening or non-videos. No. Open up your camera. Let's face each other. Let's talk to each other. Keep each other happy. We kept doing it. We took a pay cut and it happened across including founders. And I think it, we gave an option. Either we can cut down so many people or we can have a pay cut for all. It was a decision in consensus that everybody took. Hey, let's do this. So we were together throughout the journey. One good thing that happens at Happy Locate is we're very candid and very transparent. There's no hierarchy that stops anyone from communicating to each other. And in turn is as powerful as a founder is a statement that we always make. So people can reach out, they can talk, they can express their unhappiness, even with a founder if it's required. We don't take it to our heart. Intent of Making Happy Locate grow is what is more important than any individual in the system. And hence, even during weekly reviews or so, even founders are supposed to present what have they done, what have they not done. We try to create that equality is how it mm. works. So this is how mostly transparency. People yeah. knew that these are tough times and we are taking decisions mm -hmm. to sustain ourselves. It happened. It kept stretching, but I think we were together in the game. Hence, we could come out of it. And then we raised funds during COVID, as I told you. In 2020, September, I still remember. We raised two funds, small ones, 
it was pre series a but back to back in in a matter of 20 days both venture firms they decided to invest and that's how i think it was a joint yeah. effort thank you for sharing that i think you an example of leading by example right so doing what you're asking others to do and also i think treating each other like adults like having the video on like just yeah. like we would do a face to face because sometimes it gets easier to say that let's do an audio only but then you also lose out on some kind of communication or messaging so thank you for sharing that so can you now speak about what is your biggest pain point right you have this big vision you have gone through this tough period what is your biggest pain point or challenge given what you're trying to create in the world i would say for now the industry that we are operating is fragmented hmm. extremely unorganized i use the word and hence teaching people so it happens how the just to give you a background relocation industry is like where if there is a packing moving which has to happen from you in india what happens no people no they cannot afford a full time or a fixed permanent employee as a crew member so people just pick up any workforce from any and then they wear those shorts they'll come in dungies and that's how they would start doing that it's a very unprofessional way of how it is managed now this is where and then educating trying to set up a process and educating them to follow processes go with that discipline is a tough job it took me almost one and a half years to actually make my partners use my tool or use my app is the first challenge that i came across it took me complete one year to personally go and convince all the big partners that hello i am an aggregator uh, and i can help you with technology and with business while you focus on the on ground your acceptability as a technology aggregator model or as a marketplace it took me one year to explain and to get accepted first as in because some decent mid sized bigger players they didn't want anyone to come into it and they do it so those were initial hiccups but i think it's not sorted when you genuinely create value for every stakeholder in a business sooner or later it will make sense to people if you can just hold on for some time and that is what has happened offlet if you ask me finding right set of people who are accountable having accountability in the right set of or in the talent that you hire is the biggest challenge that i come across i come from a hiring background myself but now when i see it like that no i think hiring for your own firm because you're not just matching skill sets okay java java excellent two years two years excellent no you are hiring core members and then there's a different set of skill set and attitude that you need to look at which is tough i think i always make a statement i when i talk to good talent i tell them you're good i think few good people need to come together and make extraordinary things yeah rather than going in their ego that i want to be the only soul king of the world that's not what is going to work out because yeah. you will lead going through you can't do anything alone you need to have a team you need to have more people yeah so finding a right set of people bringing them together during ups, ups and downs is is a bigger or larger challenge that we face while we are building something bigger is mm. what i have come yeah yeah i think thank you for touching on these both elements right one is an industry level an ecosystem level challenge where i think you also need to evolve not just to do a different kind of a business but also take others along with you 
So maybe there is an educational, there is an level of leadership which is required, which is not just your company, but also the industry level leadership, which is required, right, from your organization. And the second is the internal, right? So you have to build a team, you have to grow your organization. And that's where like building a team, growing a team of leaders who are accountable, who take ownership is a key part of that, right? So can you share a bit more of that? So how, maybe how large is your organization? How do you see that growth happening? And how do you create or support your the key leaders who are around you? Sure. So during COVID, we were close to around 30 people. Now we are close to around 80 people for now. And we do not want to grow much more for the next one year. I think we are automating every possible scope. And we are building a lot of technology. That's how it has been, where we can probably replace any manual intervention. So we look at those metrics efficiently. It was like, what is our core employee revenue? How can we increase the efficiency? How can we make you do more than what you came here for? Uh, It also goes with a simple philosophy that everybody we bring in, we bring them with a promise that you have to grow better than your peers. And if you don't grow in the next two years in line with how we wish to, you should be out of the system. It sounds very rough and blunt, but that's how it is. If you are a performer, you should be here is the first statement. And you should grow. If you're not growing, there's something wrong. You should not be here with us. And we make every possible effort to help them grow. Hence, again, if you look at in our philosophy, a lot of automation, a lot of efficiencies to help this person create larger value in their role. Mm -hmm. So today, if I'm generating a two lakh rupees, I should find a way in a year, I should be generating at least three lakh or four lakh rupees. How I can do it, either I get into a unit lead role I can improve on certain processes, certain efficiencies, give you a larger role and make sure that it's worth or it is possible for you to manage it. Those things is what we work on. And that's how we, this is how the philosophy has been at us. We still treat ourselves like a startup and we want to do that because that keeps us very closure. I still do home parties with my senior leadership or mid-management. I don't prefer to go in restaurants. Rather, we spend more in home parties. But that's okay. It gives us, we do parties till four in the morning, six in the morning. It happens. That is, that's how we connect with each other. This is how the philosophy, we are very performance driven people. Anybody who is not very serious about will not go well at Happy Locate. They will not be able to do well at Happy Locate. They'll get, they'll see around people who are more efficient. They are more faster. There's how. So that's how the culture is. And these are the number of people who we are currently. Even while we grow, we don't want to grow on manpower and FTs, full-time employees largely. We want to grow with technology. We want to grow, build more efficiencies around with tech and then grow. That's how the philosophy runs like. Thank you for sharing that. I think some wonderful lessons there as well, right? So you're not just setting an expectation for growth, but you're also communicating it upfront. So that there are no surprises later on. I've loved that element of like being very vocal or being very clear, first of all, about what you are doing and the standards on which you are operating. Rather than leaving it fuzzy or leaving it to assumption, which will only create disappointment or uh, frustrations. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So we earlier spoke about how your business changed because of COVID. Can you share what are some of those opportunities that lie ahead for you that that can become big for you? So, 
So one line, just because you asked this question, I would love to speak. I think when I'll be relocating somebody from Earth to Mars is what my vision looks like in future. And that's one relocation that I want to do. <laughs> However, sooner, I only want to be the most trusted platform or the brand. When anyone is relocating, relocation is all about experience. People do move their household goods, which are of which are invaluable to a lot. And uh, and then getting inside somebody's house, packing a lot of things which are dear to somebody's heart. Mm. Uh, I think it's only a perspective that you get. it only depends on whether you want to just be that loader or you want to be that sensitive person to see this as a different game altogether. You want to look at this as a very sensitive experience. And this is what we want to deliver on the ground. We've already started by bringing all the relocation related services on a single platform so that you don't have to hop on multiple platforms, looking for house search on a different platform, settling services on a different platform, packing, moving. No, you get at one platform, you book all the services, and then we make sure that we take care of your end-to-end -end journey. So, so if I had to walk the talk and give you a kind of a help you visualize that display, Hey, you spend 15 minutes on my platform and you book all the services is how we envision our service. And then you take a flight, you get to Bangalore. Say, for example, you're coming to Bangalore, you get to Bangalore and there's a driver standing with a play card in hand. Okay, Sumit Gupta. Now, Sumit boats and then the guy says, sir, I believe you have to go to Leela. He drops you at Leela next morning, 8 a.m. He comes and says, sir, I believe you have to go to Maneta Tech Park. You're joining already this company brings you to Leela, 4 p.m. my property consultant calls you, sir, you've already scheduled for a property visit. I'm here. And since you've chosen car accompanied visit, I'll be coming with my car and showing you three properties. Shows you properties, you finalize one, pay brokerage online. And then my packer mover calls you, sir, your stuff is in my inventory, in my storage. Let me know if I have to come and drop because I sense you are almost finalizing a property. Now you're not talking to anybody, but we are ensuring that your end-to-end -end experience is smooth and you don't face any hassle. That's what we want to deliver it on the ground to people. Thank you for sharing that journey. I think that clearly demonstrates. So I love that you have that big vision, right? Moving from Earth to Mars. <laughs> but at the same time, you spoke about trust and the experience, right? Because you're allowing somebody to get into your house. And in an unorganized industry, we all know how scary or difficult that can be. But that's a wonderful example of looking at it from a very different way. Uh, and the story that you mentioned, right, the user journey that you mentioned, I think demonstrates the value of that experience to the customer. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you earlier mentioned you had no personal life. So I want to just dig deeper into that, right? How do you manage pressure? How do you manage like demands from inside the organization, outside the organization, maybe things going wrong? With, with something on the ground? How do you manage all of that for yourself? So I would say, I think from managing things from a process perspective and managing things from an attitude perspective, if I differentiate in these two, from a process perspective, I think it's a very simple, it's been almost 16, 17 years. The time has taught the ways and my earlier bosses have taught me the way to manage things. That's the learning that I carry. And it's very specific. You make sure that you try to pen down your things. By the way, when I say pen down, I still write my diaries when it comes to tasks. 
even in spite of having a lot of those tools that have come to manage your work. I prefer that a little better. When I write, it gets mm-hmm. into my brain. And when I put a tick, it gives me that satisfaction. So I enjoy that still, that traditional method of doing. So, so those processes are there to ensure that you are on top of your job. From an attitude perspective, I feel, I mean, it's a little philosophical. It might sound but I think this is how it is. It has worked for me. In all your communications, in all your decisions, if you really have a very solid intent, a very ethical, moral intent, I call it natural justice. HR is where we use these terms like natural justice. If you're very justified, not pleasing, I always call pleasing should not be a, a reason of why you should take a decision very justified and you're very clear on your intent and you are candid. I'll tell you, you'll solve your problems more smoothly than anyone else. You don't have to make stories. You just need to be blunt. And we have been able to solve a lot of larger problems. You know, there was a time where we were delaying on our partner payments. It happened. You'll be surprised it doesn't happen in a business, but almost every partner stood by us. Without much complaint, they stood by us. They gave us time because we were very clear with what is going on. We didn't even promise a day. We tell, told them this is what is happening. This is what it is. There is something which is stuck. There are audits which are happening. very clear. I don't even know. When you do those conversations with anybody for that matter, internally with your employees, when you make yourself available, when you can look into their eyes and talk, people feel it. We all have that fifth, sixth, seventh sense, whatever you call it, we get the intent clearly. And when you do it across with your internal team members, with your partners, with your vendors, with external, internal, and so is with your family. With families, it becomes a little different proposition. They don't take blunt messages very easily. But but then they, I think people get to understand you are what you are. And there's an, uh, I think you get into that acceptance. But this is the best way to manage. You talk about it, include people in the problem solving or in decision making. The best way for you to come out of it without feeling that weight. Second, what has worked with me, I still remember when I started from after job. I'm a big risk taker, by the way. I take larger risks. But when I came out of job and when I got into business, I still remember we had a outstanding of 9 lakh rupees, which was like 9 lakh rupees is like huge. When you look from a service lens, you always look like, hey, how many years will it take for me to <laughs> save so much money to? Now, this becomes, and this is what is stress. For you, so your incapability to manage that load becomes stress. But if you are capable of, I think that's, then it doesn't convert into a stress. Now, that was the first time that I learned how to manage or how to improve or increase your capacity of managing a better workload. So when I had that 9 lakh rupees and then that guy used to call me and find out a what about the money? I felt stressed for some time and then I thought hey, I can't do this. I have to find a solution and hence this candid attitude helped me and once I proactively called him, I told him he was in Mumbai. I told him, come to Bangalore, please. I'll give you a solution. 
He asked me, will you give me money? I said, no, not money. I'll give you a solution. He said, you're a fool or something. You're calling me to give you a solution. You want me to spend my money. Come there and hear your whatever solution that you call me. I convinced him, see, I am super confident you should be here in Bangalore because I have something amazing and I intend to be with you. You will be surprised he did come to Bangalore. And we didn't sit in an office. I took him to a pub. We had beer together. And then I told him, you know what? You should invest 25 lakh rupees in me now. I'm not born to pay you 9 lakh rupees. This is not the aim of my life. 9 lakh rupees. So don't give me a smaller problem and make me uh, run around this. I'll never be able to do larger things. I'm here to build 150 crores in the next few years. Hence, you come here accompany me, be a part of this. I am going to benefit you larger. You buy my shares. Give me 25 lakh rupees. He didn't invest directly. He got it invested through. He brought a friend of him to invest in me. 12 lakh, not 25 lakh. Though then when we were very young. And this is how we became lifetime friends. He's still a friend of mine. He's always available in Mumbai whenever there is anything. We became lifetime. It took me some time to give his money back. But we never spoiled that relationship. And this is how, again, if you notice, it's the intent, clarity, and how confident are you on what you're going to do. It worked out. And since then, the only thing that I think wherever there is a stress going on, hey, if I can't manage this, I don't deserve to think a billion dollar business. If I can't manage 200 crores ka load, how will I manage 6,000 crore or 8,000 crore ka load? That is what keeps me moving to solving larger problems. And not taking stress out of any problem that comes across. Thank you, Ajay, for sharing that. And I'm not surprised because as part of my, what I do is like creating miracles is what I try to help entrepreneurs do. And oh. your example, your story is that, right? You have turned something which would be stressful or like usually termed as negative or something to avoid or something to just get over with into a deeply positive relationship, but also like very leverage a place of leverage for your business also to grow, right? So you have basically created an opportunity out of thin air where the same situation would freak many other people out, right? So for, thank yeah. you for sharing that, that wonderful example and also connecting it with pressure, right? Because every pressure moment is also an opportunity to do something. If you can just stop yourself from like freaking out or from pressure, from the pressure, which is many times self-created. And yeah. yeah. And I also love the, like the, what you shared earlier, right? About the very tactile thing of putting a process in place, right? So I can show you, I always have a pen in my hand and a copy <laughs> nearby. So I can very much relate to relate to that, right? And I think that process or that step-by-step, -step, sometimes creating a checklist allows you to simplify things. And then that allows you to multiply those same things, maybe at your level of your employees and so on. So thank you for everything that you shared. I'm sure we can continue talking forever, but I would like to like also wrap this up. So before we end up, right, anybody who's listening, I'm sure people will be having like idea bombs all over the place listening to this. If somebody wants to reach out, somebody wants to find out more about what you're up to, what is the best way for them to do so? So to me individually, I think LinkedIn is a place that I'm generally active. Otherwise, yeah, I think they can directly reach out to me on my email ID. This is happylocate.com. I'll be more happy to interact irrespective of what the intent is, at least I'll be happy to give an ear.
to what is coming up. So this, that's the best way to reach. But LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do check all my messages and I interact with people out there. Thank you, Ajay. Thank you for everything yeah. that you shared and for who you are, how what you have learned, how you have grown. Thank you. And I wish you all the best for like creating that trust, changing the industry as well as like relocating to Mars. I'll definitely try it. And thank you very much, in fact, for having me here. It was wonderful. Very smooth discussion. I think it never made me feel that I was actually talking on a camera but thanks very much i think that's the art that you have that makes you sit there thank you Ajay. it was a pleasure that's it for this episode of choosing leadership with sumit gupta i choose leadership every time i record this podcast and i invite you to do the same i invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but for everybody around you if you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.